0: By a score of 108 to 103, the Clippers are now two and one to start this six-game road trip. When I talked to Law, we were talking about predictions, and he said three and three. I said, "Yeah, that sounds about right." And two and one is certainly a good start when you've got a heck of a schedule coming up. And to break down the win over the Chicago Bulls and a look ahead to the rest of the road trip against Milwaukee, New York, and Brooklyn, it's my co-host Matt Mataworn back with me. Matt, how are you, my friend?
1: Sports ethos, Clipper Nation, Brandon Marcus, how the heck are you? A win, a narrow win, yes, but a win, so I'm doing well.
0: Yes, yes, I was very afraid we're going to have to come on this podcast and discuss Ty Lu leaving Reggie Jackson in down the stretch, not putting Zoo back in when Vucevic came back on the floor and the Clippers were going to blow the win. I was terrified we were going to discuss that instead We're going to discuss a win, and you mentioned a stat right before we came on the air. I believe it was Farbhat Esnashari that tweeted it yesterday that after today's game, the Clippers will be facing 13 straight that will be in the playoffs, which is just brutal. Milwaukee, New York, Brooklyn, Dallas, Milwaukee, Golden State, Phoenix, Sacramento, Denver, Minnesota, Golden State, Sacramento. It is a heck of a gauntlet coming up for the Los Angeles Clippers. And I believe seven of those 13 will be on the road. And that's what makes this win so big, Matt, because Chicago had been struggling. If you're going to go on the road and you're going to face good teams, you got to beat the teams that you have a better record than and teams that you are better than. And for the Clippers to beat Atlanta and to beat Chicago, I think was very, very, very important. And they did it. And we're not even going to discuss Sunday. No point to discussing Sunday when the Clippers decided to sit PG and Kawhi and the whole team basically didn't show up apart from those uh, with those two guys sitting. And of course, you've had injuries. Marcus Morris has been out. Robert Covington um, was out until today. Luke Kennard is back today. So let's chat about today's game before we discuss anything else. Um, Look ahead. I want to start with that closing lineup. And it really feels like every single time we come on this podcast, there's some sort of issue. That we're discussing with this team. And it's kind of frightening. And honestly, I don't like doing it. I, I want to be optimistic. I mean, the Clippers just won and came back from a monster deficit. So I want to celebrate them coming back from that monster deficit, uh, apart from that terrible three point shooting or despite that three point shooting. But I, I want to discuss Reggie Jackson closing this game because Matt, he sucked. Um, he was not good. He was one of nine from the field. He just did not contribute much um, offensively. Defensively, we know that he's nothing special. Um, Sure, he was a plus 13 in this game. But by not having Robert Covington and not having Zoo on the floor, every single offensive possession was one and done. The Clippers had no prayer in offensive rebound. And Zach Levine, Demar Derozan were attacking the paint and the hoop at every single opportunity with no big man on the floor. I think it's a cause for concern, and I'm curious if you're concerned.
1: One of nine from the field in 27 minutes, Brandon. And the re- initially in I think it was early October, you brought me in. You were like. Look, we want a fans perspective. And I was like, and the fans, Reggie, Reggie, we love him. And guess what? You were right. He's he's sucked in and he's tonight and he's not been that he's not been that good. And it it's an issue that needs to be addressed. And we've talked about the guards. Look, going going one of nine and being a liability on defense is, is a problem. And I think I think you and I have said that before, like Reggie, uh, John Wall, the the, the guard, the guards must be crazy. That was the name of one of our podcasts. Yeah,
0: here's what here's my issue. Here's my issue, Matt. My issue is that the Clippers have figured out a formula. When they started going through this four-game win streak, they figured out that Robert Covington playing twenty plus minutes. Helped your team out playing the wing stop lineup with Norm Powell and the wings, whether it be Kawhi, PG, Marcus, Zoo, not Zoo, uh, Batum, um, Covington. They they figured out some sort of grouping with Norm Powell and four wings, and for some reason, it's like he completely forgot about it. This in this game, it made no sense whatsoever. Playing Reggie Jackson down the stretch when Chicago continued to come back made no sense. And how many times have I come on this podcast, Matt, and said, I do not understand the insistence on going small when you're lo- when you're winning games. When you're losing games and you need offense, I get it more. But when you're winning games, I do not understand the insistence on going small and and not having a defensive presence on the floor in Zoo or Robert Covington and having an extra rebounder on the floor it just does not make sense to me at all and yet he continues to do it and completely forgot what seemed to get them the wins during that four game winning streak it's honestly befuddling to me and it's really frustrating that I, I just don't understand
1: and and Zoo was 6 of 7 28 minutes you know, it's 12 rebounds, line, but that's 12, yeah, 12 rebounds. He, he, he's got to be out there at the end of it all. And look, be, befuddling is. It's too kind of a word. It's my, my brain explodes because I was I, I'm looking at the lineups and just why is Reggie? They're coming back. They're coming back. They're coming back. And, and you have to get some – you have to get Zoo in there. You have to maybe even get Bobkov in there, right? Covington in there. Somebody needs to get in there to play some defense on the interior, and it wasn't happening.
0: I, I just don't understand. I, and I, I just don't understand the insistence on going small when you're winning a game because you go to a small ball lineup yeah. when you need points and you need to come back offensively.
1: But the, And, and you, make a gra- you make a great point. It's like, okay, if – If you need to switch something up because you're behind, but when you're ahead, (laughs) then just go with what works.
0: Yeah. I mean, in this game, it's that simple that Kawhi Leonard and Norm Powell saved the Clippers and saved Ty Lue. And really in the second half, it was Kawhi that saved Ty Lue. I mean, he had some monster defensive plays, um, that inbounds play, the defense, by the way, Robert Covington was on the floor, I believe on that inbounds play shocking, that he's on the floor and they get a turnover because they're able to switch and do so with long athletic wings, not with a guy like Reggie Jackson. It just does not make sense. And even if Reggie Jackson was seven of nine from the floor, I don't care. You're winning the game. You don't need offense. You need defense. You need the stops. And not only did Zoo have 12 rebounds, Three of them were offensive, by the way, and you're not getting any offensive rebounds with the guys that you had on the floor, but he also had three blocks. He was clearly doing a good job defensively, and he was a plus 15 in 28 minutes, and I just did not understand that, and the reason why we're discussing this on this podcast and the reason why Matt and I are going to the lengths that we are right now despite the Clippers winning is because this is certainly a warning sign of what Ty may do In the postseason. And we saw it with uh, Doc Rivers when he stuck with Montrezl Harrell too long. And we saw it last year in the postseason in the play-in tournament where they went away from zoo at times for too long. It just does not make sense why you continue to sit some of your best defensive players when you're winning games. It just doesn't make sense.
1: I will. Just anybody looking at the box score. It's, it's funny because, actually, Reggie Jackson is the plus 13. Yeah. According to the box score. But a lot of that was during the you, comeback when they were down by 19. Absolutely. But if you watch the game, there's no way. Because just, just zoo on the floor just changed the whole dynamic of the team. And you're right. It's like, what what are we going to do during the playoffs? And it, it, it boils down to basically... What's coming up in, in two weeks, which is the trade deadline, like what's going to happen with this team? I mean, I, and and a great win against the Bulls, a, a game, first of all, we should have won. Yes.
0: Thank goodness we did. The Clippers were favored in Vegas, by the way, so they should have won that game.
1: But what's coming down the pipe here is, is really the question.
0: Right. Exactly. And you can't do this against teams like Milwaukee or teams like Brooklyn. You cannot ride Reggie Jackson oh my gosh. in the fourth if, quarter.
1: If, I hate to interrupt you, Brent. If we do this against Milwaukee, we're going to lose by 30. Yeah. That's it. it. I it, mean, like, it's, seriously. It's, like, it's, it, it would be a disaster. Are you kidding me? If that if that final lineup is out there against Milwaukee, it's over.
0: By the way, Chicago, I mean, it depends how you want to look at it. Do you want to look at it at the, the Clippers defense or the Chicago being just very careless? but Chicago committed 20 turnovers. I mean, that's college basketball level stuff right there. You don't see that many turnovers by an NBA team. And according to law in the last 43 plus minutes of tonight's game, the Clippers outscored the Bulls 24 to 2 off of turnovers. So without those turnovers, the Clippers don't win this game. I mean, the defense was able to force those turnovers because the Clippers couldn't make anything from 3. They were 12 of 44 from 3. They missed 32 Three-pointers. They shot 27% from distance. They shot under 40% in a basketball game, and they won, despite their opponent shooting 49%. Their opponent was 49% from the field, 50% from three, 12 of 24. But because of the 20 turnovers, that's why we saw the Bulls lose because you know how many shot attempts the Bulls had compared to the Clippers? 77 for the Bulls, 93 for the Clippers. And I've always said. It's a simple game. You put more shots than your opponent. You have more chances to make shots. So the Clippers defense. Which almost cost them in the end. Is the reason why they won this game.
1: And let me ask you this Brandon. I. I, I didn't catch the first quarter. But I saw afterwards. The pace of this game was crazy. It was in slow motion. It seemed like. like I, 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 I don't know if you saw it that way. But it. There was no urgency to the game from either team. It was back and forth, but super slow. It, 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 the pace of this game seemed very slow to me.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it, when you have a final score of 108-103, that certainly tells you the story. I mean, the fourth yeah. quor- fourth quarter, there are 42 total points. Now, in an NBA game, I believe I heard this stat today on the Dan Patrick Show, that every NBA team, apart from two, is averaging more than 110 points per game. So and it
1: was one away to one oh three. Exactly. Mean, to me, to me, it was in molasses. Like the whole game was just so slow, and I don't know if that speaks p- more poorly about the Clippers or the the Bulls or both. I don't know. For
0: what it's worth, the over under in this game was supposed to be two hundred twenty five and a half, and it finished at two eleven. So there was m- much less defense than was expected. So you're correct that you did notice that the pace was slower, and a lot of that had to do with a turnovers, b a lot of misses. And that's how you end up getting the numbers that came up today. But um, let's pivot away from the end of the game lineup. I think we've discussed that, and we've made our point that uh, Roko Zoo, both those guys need to be on the floor a lot more. Roko getting eight minutes is inexcusable. Zoo not uh, playing against Vooch at all down the stretch is inexcusable. But we got to talk about Kawhi, man. Um, We were on this podcast very concerned at the start of the season. When Kawhi was coming off the bench initially, he then got re-injured, and he just did not look good at all. But dude, we've talked about it a couple times recently. He is back, and my God, he was good today. 33 points. He makes it look easy on the offensive end. Every single jumper seems to be super smooth. But his length causes so many problems on the defensive end. Five steals and two blocks today. A monster steal at the end on the inbound pass. Dude, it is fun to watch him. And when he's playing like this, the Clippers have a chance to beat anyone, which is crazy to say. But, again, it comes down to the health. But you just need to keep him healthy. And he played 40 minutes today, Matt. 40 minutes.
1: It. It's 40-40. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Kawhi. I keep saying this, but a center of gravity. He's everything around, everything just works better when the sun shines brighter. And he's the center of gravity. When that happens, you're right 33 points, five steals, five assists, two blocks. We were a little worried when he came back because the defensive stats weren't there. And especially.
0: Matt, our Clippers right now are in the heat of it they are in the middle of a playoff run and right now you and I are pretty optimistic we think the Clippers have a chance to win it all are you putting money on the Clippers
1: I'm putting money on the Clippers but I'm not I'm I'm hedging my bets if that makes any sense I do love the Clippers but look I I can't just put all my eggs in one basket
0: no you cannot do that you can Go and put money on a couple of different teams if you want. You know where you can do that? You can do it over at MyBookie. Whether you think the Clippers can come and win it all despite being a really early favorite and now falling apart, but then possibly getting it back together, or you think it's going to be Steph Curry and the Warriors, or Giannis and the Bucks, Regardless of what you're betting on, cash in and cash out quick with MyBookie. Using the promo code Ethos. E T H O S Ethos when you make your first deposit. You heard that right. My bookie will spy you extra cash with your deposit. Minimum forty five dollars. But you can claim the bonus all the way up to two thousand dollars. You ready to get betting, Matt?
1: I'm putting forty five dollars at a minimum in because they'll claim the bonus all the way up to two thousand dollars. I'm investing right now. I got a I got a lot of ideas of what's gonna happen now that the now that we're halfway through this NBA season. Turn
0: game day into payday when you bet with my bookie.
1: You know, it just he didn't have any it didn't look like he had any lift. And it doesn't look like he needs any lift because you're right, now the efficiency is back. The shots are going in, and when the shots for him are going in, the shots for everybody else are going in. Because he just he he demands that the defense from the, the other team Pays attention.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And uh according to Shane Young, who always has some uh some good Kawhi stats, over his last eleven games, he's shooting forty six and a half percent from three. I mean, that is wild. Forty six and a half percent from three. Forty six and a half percent is good in the first place, but from three, that's crazy. From
1: three from three it's crazy. And and and, and I and I hate to interrupt you I, I know I forgot to say this, the body language, mm-hmm. Brandon, like just, just now they're having fun out there, right? Like I, at the beginning of the season it, and even like a couple of weeks ago, it was like, who's doing what? What do we doing? It was, it seemed very confusing. Paul George, when Kawhi was, was not out there, uh, when he was turning it over and I know Law spoke to this when, when he would drive into the middle and, and turn over, and he may still do that, but now it just looks like eh, there's a little more cohesiveness. I'm like, yeah, 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 pointing to each other. You do that. The, there's a little more communication. It's the body language, the communication. I think every, every, everything sort of falls into place with that center of gravity, like I'm saying.
0: Yeah, no surprise, by the way, that um, PG was a tad turnover-prone again. He had five of the eight turnovers for the Clippers, but that's the key. If if is the only one turning over the basketball with him igniting that offense, that's a good sign. And when he's off the floor and Kawhi is running the offense with guys like Norm Powell, and for those two guys to combine for one total turnover, that's great. So the Clippers took care of the basketball, and they forced their opponent to make mistakes – and it's a recipe for success. And you just let your stars do the star thing. And Kawhi was outstanding. Norm Powell had himself a heater of a second quarter. And that's why we were so excited when we got Norm Powell from Portland because we knew that he could be that scorer off the bench. And before the season, we were talking about him being that scorer off the bench. And he is that guy that leads your bench unit and can get you easy buckets. And he did that today. He was 7 of 11 one thing that Norm Powell does that not a lot of the Clippers do, they get he gets to the free throw line. And he was ten of ten from the free throw line today. So you talk about Kawhi being back, PG doing a pretty good job at this role, may turn it over a couple too many times, but he's done a nice job at this role igniting the offense. And you do that with and you pair that with Powell and his offense and his ability to get to the cup, and you've got yourself a really good three man monster there a three-headed monster, if you want to make a better analogy there. And then you add in the guys who are the wings that provide that three-point presence. I mean, Batum couldn't hit a shot to save his life today, but normally he's better than that. Normally Luke is better than what he did today. And you add in a guy like Marcus Morris when he's healthy, and you've got a dangerous team. It's just now about the little things, Matt, because it feels like all the other things that you were expecting with Kawhi and PG and Norm Powell are in place.
1: If I ever start a, an Italian restaurant, where I have chicken parmesan for three, I'm gonna call it the three breaded monster. <laughs> so I hope you know that's just gonna happen. Okay. What I will say is the efficiency. Uh, I'm gonna start with the efficiency. Mm-hmm. 85% from the line. That's and uh, the three pointers could have been a, bit, a little bit better, a little under 30, but the efficiency is where the, this team's gonna 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 make their money. It's where it's where the Clippers are going to make. It, it it's how we win a championship is efficiency and defense and like you said, like causing, causing twenty turnovers, but eighty five percent from the line really stands out to me and I and and I love that. I I, I think. I think that's really efficiency is now what's what's kind of sticking out to me.
0: Yeah, and it helps that your best player is an efficient guy. I mean, Kawhi has been. And
1: and does he, and does he look happier on the court to you at all? Like yeah. I, I'm really like it just it just seems like now these guys are are playing together. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah,
0: I know exactly what you mean, and I, I think it's also important that you look at the schedule, and the Clippers don't have it back to back and uh, before the All Star break. So, which will help
1: me? Will help me in fantasy as well?
0: Yeah, I mean it'll help both of us in fantasy because I have Paul George, and it will help the Clippers. Did Clipper.
1: I tell you trade? Did I tell you traded for Paul George? By the way, you
0: did. You did. Well done. I mean, yeah. things okay, are looking up right now for your fantasy <laughs> team. It's great. No, no uh, sadness there for you. I mean, you look at what's coming up though, and I guess oh, I guess that can kind of lead yeah. into what we can talk about now because I mean, we've talked about what the Clippers did at the end of the game, which is important. We talked about Kawhi. Um, I think what is important to note is what's coming up. And here's the thing, Matt. A couple of weeks ago, everyone lost their shit when the Clippers lost to Philadelphia 120-110. to 110, Because the Clippers couldn't beat good teams. The Clippers were a disaster. The sky was falling. The Clippers went on to lose at Utah the next night by 23. And then things really were a mess. And then the Clippers went on to win five in a row. And they've won six of their last seven. But we need to discuss how they won six of the last seven and who they won six of the last seven against. San Antonio sucks. Dallas, one-man show. Lakers, the Lakers. San Antonio still sucks. Atlanta, mediocre. Chicago, mediocre. Those are the wins for the Clippers, okay? So the big issue after that loss to Philadelphia was that the Clippers can't beat good teams. Well, guess what? They haven't beaten a good team since that loss. So we're about to find out a lot more about this Clippers team, whether A, they are better than what they were a couple weeks ago, or B, are they still this same team that can't beat good teams? And we're about to find that out when they face Milwaukee on Thursday, the Knicks on Saturday and Brooklyn on Monday, three very important games. And you and I, Talked about how the four game stretch that we wanted to focus on was that San Antonio, Dallas, Lakers, San Antonio. We were talking, we came on the podcast on Thursday the 19th, and we said these four games are huge. Can the Clippers get it together against bad teams? And they did. Well, now here we are again, Matt, and we say, can the Clippers do it against good teams? And that's what I'm curious to find out. I mean, it, it should be interesting. What are your thoughts?
1: And I was. I was there. Remember I was there for that Philly game. Yeah, that's right. And I said I said that night I watched that game and I watched it closely and I and I, I believe this to this day and and, and th- th- this is what was true that night. The Clippers weren't that bad. The 76ers were better and that was a problem to me because because the Clippers it's not as if they they made mistakes, sure. And but Embiid, uh, Toby, uh, uh, Maxi coming off the bench, just the 76ers that night were better. And I was like, shoot, if if a, if a contender like that is better than we are on a good night, then we have a problem. Now, having said that, and 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 then the Clippers slid from there. But. But now, now there, now there's now there's more optimism, and now now maybe we're starting to gel. I I don't think, and I hate to say so so in the Philly game. So I, the, the the other team was better. Clippers have been good. Other other teams were better. Mm-hmm. I do think, and I hate to say this, Brandon, and I hate to say this to ethos Clipper Nation. I think really what's going to boil down to, <laughs> and everybody tune in. To the sports ethos trade deadline on February 9th, because I think that could that could swing everything we're talking about here. Honestly, Kennard, T Man, uh, Brandon Boston, Preston, Coffee, everybody's on the table, guys. Like I, I really, really think the trade deadline might might swing the entire Western conference. And it's a good point
0: because we have not discussed that <clears throat> Yet on this pod, pardon me, um, and that is that everyone really expects the Clippers to make a big move, and we are
1: a big move, a big move, like mm-hmm. like the uh, I hate to interrupt you again, but the national guys are saying Clippers are making a move, making a move, making a move, and they're like Fred Van Vliet, this, yep. uh, you know, whoever that, but they're it's really in the in the ether now.
0: Yeah, and, and here's the thing, the Clippers before they hit the deadline, have the Milwaukee, New York, Brooklyn, Dallas. Those are their four games before the deadline on the ninth. So if the Clippers do go and lose three of their next four, then you're certainly going to see some desperation. If they win three of their next four, maybe not. Maybe not. Um, these three games on the road will tell us a lot about this team. Have they turned the corner, and are they ready to Beat good teams and be distinguished as one of the best teams in the NBA, or are they just going to be crap team killers?
1: Well, Brandon, let let's 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 not let's not cut a new corners here. Do you trust this team as currently constructed? Not yet, no. No. Okay.
0: No, not yet. Um, because I need to see it. And I think that's fair to say that I haven't seen it yet from this team. I've seen Kawhi Leonard look incredible. I've seen Paul George look very solid. Um, But I've just seen too many mistakes in different games, whether it be Luke Kennard passing up threes, whether it be Paul George's turnovers, whether it be Norm Powell possibly disappearing at times, whether it be injuries and guys not being available whether it be Tai Lue not choosing to play the right guys at the right time. I've seen too much over the last couple of months to trust this team. However, these next three games will let me possibly switch my thinking if the Clippers come out and do something. But they're at Milwaukee. It's a 9 o'clock local time tip on Thursday, which is just asinine. But that's what's going to happen. And it does benefit the Clippers a little bit because the Clippers are that West Coast team. I'm sure they've acclimated to the East Coast by now. But still, they're used to playing at these late times, 7 o'clock p.m. Pacific time. They're used to playing at that time. And they're going to face a Milwaukee team that is very good. I mean, this Milwaukee team has Chris Middleton back. And they beat Charlotte today. They have Giannis, they have Drew Holiday. They, Bobby Portis is hurt. They have Brooke Lopez, who has been outstanding. And they have Grayson Allen, who can cause problems from three. This is a good Milwaukee team. And we're about to find out if the Clippers can stack up with the best in the West. Do so the Clippers want to be a team that can be considered a finals favorite? If they do, they have to go in there to Milwaukee Either beat Milwaukee or hang in in a very tight ball game. That's my opinion.
1: They have to hold Milwaukee to under 100 points.
0: That's not. I'm happening. curious.
1: Well, they're gonna. Do you want to make a little, little handshake on it?
0: You think they're gonna hold Milwaukee to under 100
1: points? at Milwaukee. going t- I'll tell you. The, I'll tell you the final score on Thursday, February 2nd.
0: Go ahead. Let's hear it.
1: If you want it, it's gonna be Clippers 103. Bucks 96.
0: wow that is a very low scoring game the clip by the way Milwaukee the last it- time they were under 100 was against Milwaukee uh, against Miami on January 14th they lost 111 to 95 since then they've scored
1: yeah, and, the Cl- and the Clippers have a better defense than Miami so
0: and since then they've scored 132 130 102 against Cleveland in a loss 150 107 against Denver 141 138 and tonight they scored 124. So you're coming out with a very bold claim that the Clippers are going to hold Milwaukee under a hundred points.
1: Yeah. I want everybody to come at me when it happens and say, thank you that I accurately predicted that, but I I do think it's going to happen because I I love the matchups. And I, I I just really think, I think people are going to get in foul trouble. I, I, I I see Brooke maybe getting two fouls really early. I, I, I'm I'm being clairvoyant on this, but
0: let me ask you this because you tr- you asked me. So, do you trust this Clippers team? Because it sure sounds like you do. Uh,
1: I I trust the Clippers team to play a good a good single game. I do not trust them to win a finals. I I don't trust this current Clippers team to go all the way, and I do think they need to make a move. Um, like you said, I really want to see what they do. Against the Bucks, the Knicks, and and the Nets, we got to see what's going to happen. I trust them against the Bucks, of course. I'm I'm making that prediction, mm-hmm. which you know, I'm it may it may be egg on my face. Yeah,
0: listen, it's a prediction, so kudos to you for going out and on a limb because that is but certainly they, but, a large but limb do, you're on.
1: But I do I do believe though, Brandon, that they need to make a move here. Yes, and and be, before the trade deadline and. I don't know if it's going to be a huge huge move or a small move, but as currently constructed, no, I do not trust them to win the Western Conference, to win the Pacific Division, let alone the title. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. And for what it's worth, the Clippers, if they do make a deal on the 9th, I would assume that whatever player they acquire would not be available for that game on the 10th at home against Milwaukee. But that would then mean they have Saturday, Sunday, and Monday at home to acclimate that new player because you play the 10th at home and the 14th at home. You have the 11th, 12th, and 13th off, which is very big. So you can acclimate whoever you bring in against Golden State, and then you have one more game at Phoenix, then it's the All-Star break. So you have a long period of time to acclimate this whoever this new player is before the 21 games you play after the All-Star break. So that's just something to consider. And by the way, it's possible that the Clippers have nobody represented in that NBA All-Star game. Um, We'll see if Paul George possibly or Kawhi Leonard is named as an alternate and ends up going to the All-Star game, but just something to consider. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if if those guys don't make it. I wouldn't be surprised to see them possibly try to incorporate whoever their new pieces are if the new piece is not going to the All-Star game. Uh, but yeah, I think they need to make a deal. Um, I think they need to find a way where Reggie Jackson's not closing ball games because as good as he was being Mr. Uh, June during the postseason, um, if you want to win NBA finals, I don't think that Reggie Jackson can be in your closing lineup in a game that you need to win. So I think that's the uh, the big thing that I've learned from today's game that you can couple with the trade deadline uh, discussion.
1: I think if – I think if uh, if if Kawhi had played the whole season, he would be a lock for the All Star game. Yes. I I I also think that same thing with Paul George, and he he probably should make it anyway. But perhaps perhaps there's just too many games missed. I don't I don't know that people listening to this want to hear our our thoughts on the All Star starters. Although I ha- I do have some and. <laughs> i'm not i'm not all that thrilled but anyway that's maybe a maybe a text message that we need to send to each other and not maybe not the Eth- ethos clippers nation yeah. but maybe maybe they don't care about
0: our thoughts yeah on it. i don't know I, all stars or whatever man it's po- part of a popularity contest when you it got, is it, and
1: it, it really it, it just it uh, when you have zion it, that yeah. get, if you have
0: zion <laughs> that gets in as a starter i mean forget about it i mean it's it's fans voting it's couple of other me, stuff don't
1: get me started don't get me started on the east with car well, anyway
0: yeah it just doesn't make <laughs> sense so i mean it's it's not worth even discussing it's like the mlb all-star game i remember when they had like seven royals starting in the all-star lineup and it was just it's just all about which fan base has come out so no need to waste time there um overall i'm happy that the clippers got a win today and i think that there are just things that the clippers need to fix and when you beat a team like chicago who hasn't been good this year then it, it just when you don't close them out the way you should, it exposes certain things about you. And unfortunately, Chicago's a team that hasn't been good this year. They're under five hundred and they are behind the likes of Indiana and Washington and Atlanta. So I mean you just have not when you beat a team like Chicago, you're supposed to beat them. And the Clippers did, and it just didn't wasn't as easy as they should have. You should have never gone down by nineteen um and you should never crazy. you should never close the game like you did with Reggie Jackson so you learn certain things in this game but hey the clippers are 2 and 1 to start this three uh six game road trip one more win and they close out uh at least 500 which is positive if you can go 4 and 2 that's outstanding um and if you go 4 and 2 that would mean you pick up two wins now against two very good teams so we'll see what happens over the course of the next three um but we'll be back on this podcast at some point, whether it be before the next game or after the next game, um, we'll see what happens in terms of timing and what we're able to knock out. But we'll be here either Friday um, or I believe the other the next game was Saturday. So Friday, and then either, either Saturday or Sunday, um, we'll chat about what's going on with the Clips. So any final more any final thoughts,
1: Matt? If the if the Clippers hold the Bucks. On Thursday, 200, 100 points. I'm going to find you in Culver City, and we're getting lunch.
0: Mm, it's, a, it's a big proclamation. It's a big proclamation. We'll, we'll see what happens. Um,
1: I think it's going to happen. Okay.
0: We will. <laughs> by the way, Matt, Matt Warren on Twitter, M-A-T-T-M-A-T-A-W-A-R-A-N. He of the 132 followers. Let's get him to 150 followers. There's no reason why this man should not have more than 150 followers get him to that point let's get him there i'm at bd marcus of course at ethos clippers is a sports ethos clippers podcast handle if you can rate and review the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast we greatly appreciate it always uh, interact with either one of us we do appreciate it we appreciate everybody that listens to this podcast a great start to this road trip for the clippers something to certain be certainly be happy about is right now the clippers sit at fourth place in the Western conference which is crazy and I've always said just get to that top six and right now the clippers are in that top six. So for Matt I am Brandon until next time go clips.